Welcome to Better Conversations with me, Siham Sirene, giving you the words and the confidence for better conversations in leadership. That's what I do in each episode. I explore strategies and I love sharing questions and phrases for you to play around with and make your own. This recording happens live at Better Conversations on YouTube, so you might like to chat with me there and drop me a conversation challenge. Hello, folks. I have two very wonderful things to share with you today. One is um, talking about the WHO Energy model that I designed uh, specifically for our course, Leaders Who Coach. I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about that, and I hope that uh, gives you potentially a reframe for how you're seeing yourself as a leader. Um, And then the second thing, I'm going to keep a little secret for the moment. The question that I want to address today is that um, very often when we ask our direct reports to do something or we're delegating uh, something, uh, we may experience um, poor follow through or it not happening at all. Um, And so I want to talk about why that is. And there are there could be a, a number of blockers, and we'll get into those in a moment. Um, but there typically isn't enough emotional commitment or ownership, and um, we have a tendency to jump in and tell people what to do. But the real issue sits here: is uh, it's probably not that they can do it. They're probably capable of doing it. Um, They are probably capable of planning and knowing exactly what the steps are to complete a certain task. But there is an emotional blocker. um, And that may be because they just don't feel very attached to the task. Uh, They can't see how it uh, leads them to something better. um, And or there isn't any, there isn't sufficient ownership of the task. Maybe it's something that you um, created or started and are now handing over and they don't have enough ownership over it um, for many different reasons. Um, So when we have this situation, it tends to um, cause a sort of tightening up of okay, now I've got to have a really difficult conversation with them about why they didn't do the work. And then we get into this territory of um, wanting to say something but not trusting ourselves or worrying about what how they might respond to what we are asking of them or you know we could just be downright frustrated or annoyed um, that um, they haven't done what we asked when clearly we had a conversation and we were both aligned and you were going to go away and do it. So what is going on here? All right there could be a couple of things that we're not doing Um, or we are doing that are unhelpful. The first thing that um, we might be doing that's unhelpful is we're jumping in too soon with solutions. So it's often the case. So we might hold this meeting and we jump straight into, you know, where's this project at? What's the status? Nothing very much has moved. I haven't really had a chance to get to do it. I've been too busy whatever the reasons are. And so we jump in with, well, have you spoken to so-and-so? Did you look at that report? Did you, um, have you made a plan or started thinking about that? And what we haven't done is created an inviting condition for them to open up about 
why this thing hasn't happened. We've jumped in with our assumptions um, and we're immediately back into that territory of telling them what to do. Um, now, you may well have a really great idea or approach or something that worked for you um, that you want to impart or share with them. And I promise you that moment will come later on in the conversation if you have done the inviting bit, if you have been exploring with them um, and finding out, you know, what were the blockers and really listening to those, those hesitations, those I don't really want to say, um, um, posturing, um, whatever that is, we're not listening for the real obstacles here. And the problem with jumping in too quickly with a solution is that we don't allow for this. We shut down. If you think about it for yourself when you've been stuck on something and you went to your boss and you shared something and they sort of broadcast at you, um, well, I didn't really get a chance to say very much. I'm still detached. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this, put this up my priority list because I still don't have an emotional attachment to it. Um, I've got no ownership. It's not really my thing. Because we've jumped into solution mode, we have failed to listen to what the real blockers are. And that requires a certain amount of slowing down, asking the right questions, really simple questions that have to be complicated or fancy. Just open up the space. Um, tell me what's, what's going on with it or where are you at with it and how are you finding it? Questions that are really open, not loaded, just really simple, curious, um, inquisitive questions. By inviting that conversation, we're actually giving the blocker an opportunity to be aired and looked at and pulled apart and decide whether that was really important or that maybe that's not so important after all. By asking these questions and creating some conversation around it, we actually create a bit of an energy shift. So the thing that I want you um, to bear in mind here is that if you can imagine um, a, a spectrum, at one end you've got a negative um, mindset about um, where you're at and this project and work that you've got to do and um, where you actually need to be and that positive mindset. Now as leaders our role is, is to avoid taking over and telling people what to do because that doesn't create accountability and we're all after accountability and we all want our people to own more stuff and feel passionate about it. So this is the way that we do it. We create space for people to think through what the problem is and create that shift for them. So uh, just bear with me, I'm going to pull up the WHO energy model for you to uh, see and explore with me. Okay, here it is. So the WHO energy model. So when we're in a, a good headspace, um, we can honour our values, everything is good, we can achieve what it is that we um, know needs doing. But when we're having a rubbish day, our values feel compromised, we doubt ourselves, we're not sure of our abilities. That emotional commitment I've been talking about isn't there. And we might have some really confused thoughts which 
could be along the lines of, you know what, I um, it's not my project, I'm not really that interested in it, um, and um, I'm a bit annoyed at you for making me do this. Um, so lots of um, mixed up feelings. Where we want people to be is have a strong sense of who they are, because when we're valuing and honouring our personal values, I love to get stuck in, I love to connect with people, um, I love to collaborate or be creative whatever it is that's important to someone if that isn't being honored in the task we're not likely to do it if we don't believe in ourselves or we don't get a sense that you as our boss believe in me uh, and think that I know what to do then I'm not going to um, commit to doing the work my confidence is being knocked and and as I said, there's there's not the emotional commitment and there isn't the clarity of thought or action. I'm just a bit too emotionally charged and triggered by our exchange right now to really give it any time. So we really want to, as leaders, create that shift, that energy shift for them from, um, from here, from a state of negative to a state of positive. Re and this underpins everything that we do as leaders who coach. And and. Truly, the problem, um, you know, this who, the who positive in particular, um, or getting to a state of who positive, sits at the heart of the problem and the solution. Because the easy thing to do is to do the planning, to do the task, to execute on things. If you've got the right people in the right roles and there's a strong skill match to, you know, from their ability to what they uh, are tasked to do, then that part of it, the how and the what, is easy for them to do. We don't need to tell them or spend any time, waste any time telling them how to do that part of it. Our role as a leader is to empower people and inspire them to achieve those things for themselves. And so that's why it's holding this model and thinking about your next conversation. Am I really holding this person at the center or am I talking at them and telling them what to do? Because if I'm, if I'm doing the latter, then the result is going to be the same. Mm -mm, no movement. Um, and But if we can hold that space and make them feel heard and help them think through um, what they need to do, then we've, we can create that movement. It may not be instant, but it's for sure a really strong, positive shift in their energy. And it deepens the connection between you and the individual. Okay, so what questions or phrases can you use um, to address their who positive, right? To get them into a who positive state. Holding that who positive in mind, think about asking a question, why is this important? Or why could this be important? Or any variation of that, depending on the scenario that you're dealing with. So that's a question that gets straight to um, the issue about their values. Are they being, are their values being compromised? Asking them why is this important gives them an opportunity to think about, it's important to me because my relationships are important in this team. I really love this team and I want this to be um, a, an excellent output. I want to contribute um, to my team's success. So that is tapping into their values, a really powerful grounding and validating thing to create in someone.
So already just with that question, and, and if the, there is only one question, this is the question to ask, okay? All right, so for doubting themselves, here's a suggestion. When they're doubting themselves, we can ask them, what's brought you to this conclusion? An extension of that would be, how true is that? So what's brought you to this conclusion? Why do you think um, people don't uh, see the value in you speaking up in the meeting? And really looking for evidence. That's another thing that we do as leaders who coach. We learn to seek out the evidence as a way of determining the truth for somebody. So how true is that? How can you find out whether that's really the case? What steps could you do that put you back in control um, and exercise some choice? that allow you to determine if that's really true. All right, so the next one, um, for feeling uncertain of um, their abilities, so this is a confidence thing, where's your hesitation coming from? It's a little bit like doubting themselves, but it's opening up and inviting more of a, uh, more of a discussion, uh, a surfacing of things that may be a little bit um, more protected in their mind. And when have you felt this before? To just dive into it a little bit more. Let's play around with that. Let's see what's really going on here. Is this a pattern um, for them? And uh, maybe just you asking that question creates that uh, or grows their awareness uh, of what may be going on for them there. Okay, um, the next one, feeling uh, for when they're feeling emotionally detached, how about what would stronger alignment with your goals look like? So let's tie this activity, this really boring, tedious task with where you actually want to get to longer term. Is this helpful to actually show that you can do this, that you're strong in this, uh, that you're capable in this space? Um, do you need to demonstrate that in order for us, for me to then give you more responsibility, more exciting responsibility, more interesting work to do? Because if I can rely on you to do this, then more, um, you know, I'm going to come to you with more opportunities in the future. So helping them think about, you know, what would a stronger alignment with your goals look like? Um, is uh, a really lovely question to help them understand how does this fit in the context? How important is it to them? Okay, and then finally, for confused and conflicting thoughts, tell me more. How would you like to explore those? And this avoids us assuming, jumping in and going, well, I, I thought that they were probably um, just confusing or they have an issue with that person. So I assumed, you know, that this would be the better approach. Let's back away from that. Really try and understand, get them to articulate um, what would be the best way to explore, to unpick or unpack this jumble of thoughts. Where should we start with that? And that allows them to focus on what's really important here. They will know what's important. You've just got to create the time and the space. And a little bit of silence um, helps in there as well um, to just allow them to process their thoughts because then it will come out um, more easily uh, and they'll share that with you. A really important factor in building trust with people. Okay, so that is the WHO energy model. Um, I hope um, that helps you kind of reframe. 
put that person at the center of the conversation. Think about who they are being in that moment and think about what they're saying. Listen really carefully. Watch their body language, their posture. Um, read as many signals as you can and just open up with inviting questions. Create that safe space for them to talk um, and don't judge them. Don't judge them. We've all been there. We've all been, you know, we can have the most negative thoughts and unhelpful thoughts that um, in, a, in a better headspace, we kind of, you know, we wish we hadn't. We, that was a complete waste of time. You know, why did we think that? That was unfair. Um, so we're very good at um, telling ourselves off or having, um, uh, blaming ourselves. So don't worry about that bit. We're more than capable of doing it ourselves. We don't need you as the boss to do that for us. Hopefully that is a useful model for you to play around with. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about that, you can um, follow the links that we'll provide uh, for more details on that. Okay, the secret bit, now not so secret, um, is a long-term project um, that we're really excited to share. We have uh, finally, you know, I, I get asked a lot uh, by leaders, how do I have that conversation? What do I need to say? And then what do I say next? And so um, this really got me uh, thinking. It's, it very much fed into the development of the Leaders Who Coach course. Now you have something that you can access um, and I'm really excited to share with you. The Better Conversations rulebook is on pre-order now um, as an ebook on Amazon. If you pre-order it now, it will drop in your Kindle on the 1st of March. It is packed with phrases and questions that uh, leaders who coach practice daily. There's 88 of them. They are throughout the book. And here's an example of what you can expect to see in the ebook. Um, example phrases with explanations as to how you use them, um, why, why they're important, the nuance of them. So you've got explainers for the questions. This example here is about um, how you socialize ideas, how you um, do the creative alignment in a conversation to get buy-in um, and how you do the contracting at the end, which is super important to what we've been talking about today. The contracting part um, will be a, another video for sure. Contracting is super important in conversations. We think we do it well. There's definitely room for improvement and it would avoid um, the you know, the situation where somebody would lessen the instances where somebody hasn't done what you've asked them to do. So loads of questions in there to help you with those conversations around productivity, accountability, ownership, commitment and growth. And um, and that's not all. We have a uh, special uh, companion mini course that you can access from the 1st of March. There's plenty of information and resources and references. We talk, I explore the personal values and blind spots throughout as I do the, um, the WHO energy model um, is explored. The whole of the book is based on how do you put someone at the center of the conversation and it's really leveraging that um, and reminding us of that WHO energy model along with all these questions. So it's a mini course that you can join for free um, and it will take you through the very lovely exercises of discovering your personal values 
and your blind spots. There is also a uh, a seven day personal values challenge if you want to up your game on those things as well. So from the 1st of March, that will be available. There you have it. I definitely feel like this is the book that I wish someone had put in my hands many years ago um, as I started my career. Um, I hope this does uh, the same for you at whatever stage you're at, whether you are a uh, new into the workforce or you've been um, in a leadership role for some time and feeling like you're winging it and not really knowing um, how uh, you should be doing things. A really, really common thing to feel so don't feel bad about that I hear this all the time uh, from leaders they've been in the role got several years under their belt um, but still don't feel like um, they uh, really know what they're doing or that they might that they may be missing a trick that there might be something they could do better which is a wonderful place to have that awareness um, so that you can do something about it because from there you can grow if you don't have that awareness much harder to see the path forward or be drawn forward by the excitement of growing. Two really important things uh, today. I hope they're useful to you. Do check out the links. Um, If this has been helpful, give it a thumbs up and do share it with um, folks you work with. Um, It might just transform and and slow you down, help you think about um, how you could be and show up in those conversations much, much better for yourself and uh, for your team members. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me. I will see you next week.